Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, the show where we want to debunk the myth and jargon surrounding the commercial property market. My name's Jerry Alexander, and I want to help you, the private investor, to take advantage of this great cash flowing asset class. When I took my first steps from residential investing over to commercial, it was really difficult to work out what the heck was going on, as there seemed to be very few resources on what to actually do. Not only that, but the information that was available was not produced by actual investors, but rather property professionals. Now, don't get me wrong, we need the help of lawyers, accountants, agents and surveyors, but few of them are developers, even less are investors. So I had to make it up a bit as I went along. For those of you who've been following the show, I hope you've had a great productive week in commercial since we last caught up. And things seem to have picked up since the turn of the year, and I may well share what's going on in our world with you next week. But right now, I want to give a big thank you to our most recent reviewers, Ben Watkin and Carl with a capital N. In fact, you have me blushing here, Carl, with the things you wrote up on your review. Yourself, Ben, and everyone else before you were so very kind to take time to leave such great reviews, so we really appreciate that. Thank you. So this week, I want to pose a question to you. Should you use a cookie-cutter approach for your commercial property strategy or a building-first approach? I'm going to explain the difference, of course, and there's not a right way or a wrong way to do this, but the right knowledge and support, both approaches work well. It's just that over time, one may bring you more opportunities than the other. You see, out in the world of property education, there are a whole stack of different strategies to immerse yourself in, and it can be a bit of a silo approach. In other words, we can become tunnel-visioned with a specific strategy. So in residential, that might be HMO or serviced accommodation, rent to rent, buy to let. There's lots and lots of different strategies and sometimes people just get fixated on one and they may start graduating on to others, which of course builds a breadth of strategies. And it's the same in commercial. Let's use the example of shops and uppers for a second. This is where typically a three or a four storey building has a shop or retail use on the ground floor and a couple of upper storeys, which are generally used for storage and the like. And nowadays the upper floors can potentially be converted to residential whilst the ground floor remains as a retail unit as long as you can get the access right. Or maybe even the ground floor unit may become residential too. Anyway, only specific property types in certain town locations can work for this, but it can be a really neat strategy when it's done right. And it can bring great returns but it is narrow in the number of opportunities that any given town or location can provide, which means you might actually have to spread the net further. But before we get too off track, what on earth am I talking about? (laughs) Let me go into it in a bit more detail first. 
What I'm really saying here is that I think there are two fundamentally different approaches to finding and developing out commercial opportunities. The first one is you use a cookie cutter approach, a little bit like I discussed up there. The second one is you engage in a building first approach. So the cookie cutter approach is really where you latch onto a specific strategy. And this might be commercial to residential conversions, shops and uppers, as I said earlier on. It could be developing restaurant and leisure space or even industrial space. But whatever it is, you concentrate your mind and build your knowledge in one specific niche. This cuts down on potential mistakes, of course, and can be a really good way to get started in commercial, if not the only way. The great thing is you really get to know your niche. So then you can analyse each building that comes up or opportunity based on your chosen cookie cutter approach. But in the second approach of building first, which is really a multi-strategy approach, you're looking for problem buildings, which can naturally be a discount. The first option, the cookie cutter approach, is trying to add value. The second one is adding value coupled with buying at discount because the building is perceived as a problem. See, once you identify these buildings, your job is to then reimagine the use or the offering. And to do this, you need to know your target market. To be able to work out the supply and demand bottlenecks. I should remind you about our market analyzer tool, which was discussed in episode 51, I think it was. We'll pop the link in the show notes. It's a free tool on our website, so you can dive in there and have a look at it. But basically, it helps you work out what's going on in your market. Now, let's be clear. I do have a niche, but I don't go out there with a cookie cutter approach specifically. You see, I look for the building first, which gives me a narrower geographical field of search. My job is to find partial income producing assets and work out the absolute best redevelopment and income producing strategy for the vacant space and then ultimately the partial income producing space when it becomes available. This way I get to see more opportunities because I'm not tied to one specific strategy such as shops. But I do of course need to understand a few different strategies to be able to do that so that we can get the best out of the property. So let's dive in and give this some structure. Here are some reasons why I think a building first approach can be better than the cookie cutter approach. The first one is you can work in a smaller geographical area. With a cookie cutter strategy, you need to widen your search area, which means that you learn less about the local market as your geographical spread will need to widen. Now, why would it? Well, let's go to an example of um, shops and uppers again. Each town, village, city, whatever, location is going to have a certain number of these opportunities for you because it's quite a narrow space. And when you look at those buildings, only certain ones will be able to do the job. So you may need to speak to many agents in lots of different parts of your county or state or even the country to be able to find those deals. So it means you're not really necessarily getting in under the skin. I'll come on to that in a little bit, but it just because you're, you're not being able to stick to that smaller geographical area, which with a building first approach, you can. The second thing is, it does mean you could be closer to home when you're working, which for most of us is a bonus, right? Maybe not for everyone. 
I may just be fortunate, of course, that all our investments are within an hour of where we live. And I do appreciate that we will need to push past that as we grow. But what's interesting is because those properties are quite close together, our team can all drive or travel to those in a reasonably short period of time. Whereas if we started picking up investments five hours away, we'd have to start looking at traveling more. My team might have to travel more. It just becomes slightly more challenging. And what taught me this was right back at the start, I speculatively built a house many hours away from where we live because I thought it was a good deal. But actually, the best value I got out of that deal was understanding that every time I traveled to it, I was driving, flying, whatever I was doing, past many other opportunities that could have been closer to where I live. The third one is, we are trying to buy property with income already in the deal. But also with space, which is at a discount because there's no income attached to it. And the actual income reduces the risk and helps with the finance, of course. But the important bit is, being specific with agents is really important. And by asking for properties with a partial income, I'm asking the agents for a specific property condition but not necessarily a specific property type. And there's a difference. How many of you are asking agents for a specific property type to suit your silo? Maybe you need to start asking for properties in a specific type of condition so that you can buy them at discount once you've worked out what strategy is going to be the best use for that building. It's just a slightly different approach, but it's fundamental. I'm not asking agents for a specific property type. I'm asking for a specific property condition. So the fourth one is because the narrower spread, you don't have to form multiple power or um, builder teams, as I was saying, because you're not spreading out into lots of different geographical areas. And that's really important for our model, what we do, because um, we, we act with certain builders and certain professionals. And it's, it's handy to have it all a bit closer to home or to where we're all based. The fifth one is you get to know what's going on under the skin of the target market, which I mentioned earlier on. Because you're concentrating on a specific area, you can spend time on understanding and analysing that market properly. If you're just skirting over the top, it can be difficult to work out and see opportunity. It's a bit like that magpie thing, off to the next shiny thing. Oh, the grass is greener over there. And then you do this for a few weeks, months, turns into years, and you think, why am I getting nowhere here? It's because you keep jumping around, looking at loads of different things in loads of different markets. But when you look at them, you don't really have the depth and knowledge to be able to make a quick decision on buying it. But if you're looking at the same geographical area, yes, you'll look and kiss a few frogs. But every time you kiss a frog, you look at a building that doesn't quite work. It makes you understand that market better, understand that property type better. So when the next one comes up, there's a lot less learning to do and you're going to be much more willing and ready to pull the trigger. So having a specific target market and geographic area will really help with that. The sixth one is you can get to know the agents better than I mentioned, but with that deeper relationship, you might be presented with better off-market deals, right? The holy grail. The off-market deals. A big part of finding off-market deals is not spreading yourself too thin, of course. If you're trying to cover those multiple markets and multiple networks to find deals, you may find you're not being as effective as you were hoping to be. 
and those off-market deals may start coming to you when you're dealing with and concentrating on relationships with just a few agents, not loads in a scattergun approach. There is, of course, a downside to focusing on this type of strategy of putting the building first, right? And that is that you will need to have a broader understanding of the different layers in your target market, but I guess that could then become your advantage. The second one is you need a depth of strategy ideas, okay? Now, you don't have to stray too far from the reservation to come up with a few different ideas. For instance, if you're in your resi path, you might have started with buy-to-let, you learned about HMOs, you may be doing service accommodation, rent-to-rent, all these different models. Same with commercial. You can start out with one, but be aware there are others. That deeper understanding of your target market is critical to understand what those gaps are. And basically, that depth of strategy ideas will mean that when you see that market and those gaps, you're going to be able to work out those uses or best uses for those buildings. The other thing just to be aware of is there could be more risk if you don't know what you're doing or you haven't really managed to analyse and spot the space use opportunity. That comes with knowledge, that comes with time spent in the field. Now, remember, we are fundamentally in the space business here. And I'm not talking about, you know, up in the sky. We're in the commercial space business. We invest in space, commercial space. And our job is to work out what the best use of that space is for the here and now. It could be residential or a residential strategy such as HMO or serviced accommodation. Or it could be service workspace, or a single occupant, or a multi-let, such as CMO. It might be food and bev, or a local shop. See, markets change all the time. Building uses evolve and adapt, as they have done for many years. A good example of that is bank branches. In particular, those that sat in older properties. They tend to have a prominent position on the high street. And many have been closing down, as we all know. And some have changed into retail space, others are becoming coffee shops, some are becoming co-working spaces or offices, and in some cases they've been converted to mixed use with commercial space still remaining on the ground floor but with the residential space on the upper floors, as we were discussing earlier on. Another example of changing trends is that of office pavilions. In some cases, they were built for single occupants with large numbers of clerical staff. In some areas, these single occupants no longer need that many back office staff. They may have moved them offshore, they may have brought in new technology. And the spaces they once occupied have sometimes been relet to other single-use occupants, but more often than not, they're not. And other opportunities for that space use need to be exploited. Some of these buildings have been developed into multi-let or CMO properties, which is one of the things we're doing with some of these buildings. Others have even had a change of use I've seen some with light industrial going in. So the developers have taken the ground floor, they've taken away some of the cladding and the glazing and they've put in roller shutter doors and fitted them out for light industrial because that's what the market needs. But because they managed to buy as they were problem buildings, they bought them at a massive discount, the pricing is such that industrial is then a feasible option. Nursing homes, nursing home business, it's another space provider, isn't it? is, of course, a highly intensive serviced offering, if you will. However, it is still coming down to renting space, isn't it? And some of those old nursing homes that are not economical to use anymore are being converted to other forms of use. 
And of course, ironically, other properties are being converted into care homes. It's a continuous cycle. Still, there is still that fundamental common denominator, and that is space. That's what we're all dealing with. So to me, a cookie-cutter approach is a great way to start out. But if you continue with that method, you do miss out on the other opportunities, as I mentioned earlier on. And if you think about some of the things we spoke about, over time, space uses do change, as do the trends. So if you approach properties with a narrow viewpoint, things might change around you without you ever noticing until it's too late. Now, as I say this, I am acutely aware of our own strategy mix. And we will have to develop our understanding of other strategy areas as we continue to grow our business. Because I don't want us to have narrow approach when we're looking at these problem buildings. I want us to get better and better at looking at many different strategies. Every day is a school day, of course, as they say. And at the moment, in the main, we serve business customers or B2B rather than B2C. But we are beginning to offer space to the public too, which means we will need to learn new things. But here's the crux of what I've been trying to say here. And why I think it's important to try the building first approach, which ironically is really a kind of strategy, I guess. Planning rules are changing and they will continue to do so. This will allow more mixed use spaces to be created rather than the current regimented multitude of commercial classifications or residential classifications. This will help solve some of the issues with problem buildings and high streets and things. But if you think about it, the current approach often by developers is working in those styles of different types of commercial classification or residential classification. And yes, we're going to try and change use, but often it's not to mixed use. It's just to another single use. But as some of these problem buildings have big floor plates and big sizes for specific uses in the past, which is no longer a requirement, They need to be rethought. They need to be reconfigured. And some of those will be with mixed classifications. And I think this is going to continue happening and planning rules and regulations will be changed eventually to fit that wider approach. So why not be on the forefront of that and using that while you're looking at buildings? So I hope this has given you something to think about. Don't stop what you're doing, of course, but take some time to think through what your main approach is. The usual self-awareness thing, really, isn't it? I'm challenging you to look at your current thought process and examine the way you're approaching things. Perhaps it's time to shake it up a bit. We all need challenging, even those of us who've been at this for a long time. Are you focusing on a cookie cutter and missing other opportunities, or have you begun to use the building first approach? Thanks again for our reviews and shares on social media. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please do share or leave a review. Don't forget, if you want to network with other commercial property investors, then just join us in the Facebook group. Search up Commercial Property Investors on Facebook and click on the Join Group button. There'll be a couple of questions for you to answer. Just go through those and jump right in. We regularly post free video content about projects we're working on, as well as having discussions about potential deals and answering frequently asked questions. Hope to see you in there soon. So until next time, all the very best. 